Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. So, uh, great to be here. And uh, this morning I want to talk about being rock solid in a world of bad news. Being rock solid in a world of bad news. I'm going to dig a bit. I'm going to challenge you. The message I bring this morning will be challenging. Um, But it's been on my heart and it's changed. When when I had a revelation about this years ago. um, And it's been on my heart for many years. And in the ministry, I've been in the ministry for 33 years in Life Church in Palmerston North. Yay for Palmerston North. Yay for the Manawatu. But anyway, um, and uh, now we're retired to Papamoa. But this has been one of those gems. I've got time to think, people, on the beach while I'm fishing. And, and <laughs> this is one of those gems that has altered my life because it altered my heart. And I want to actually outpour that, if you let me today, to you um, the, the, this morning. And uh, we'll just start off with Scripture in Proverbs from the message translation, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one that will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. My wife is a counselor and uh, She's been trained as a professional counsellor, and part of her training was to study some of the works of a guy called Viktor Frankl. Has anyone ever heard of Viktor Frankl? Uh, Viktor Frankl was an Austrian psychiatrist and neurologist, and he was a Jew during World War II. He survived four death camps of the Nazis, He lost both parents, he lost a brother, and he had a sister that escaped and went to Australia. But he survived, and he he said survival depended not merely on the daily struggle to stay alive, but on a sense of purpose, on a sense of purpose, which in immediate terms means a belief in the future. I'm just quoting what he says, hope for tomorrow, if you like. This is what he said. The prisoner who had lost faith in the future, his future was doomed. He said, with the loss of belief in the future, he also lost his spiritual hold. He let himself decline and became subject to mental and physical decay. He said after the war, in addressing a full, I think in the United States, a full auditorium, uh, huge numbers of people, he said, I dreamed of standing here one day. During those death camps, I dreamed that one day I would be here to tell the story. And it was those dreams that kept him alive, he believed. And so according, and so you might see some pictures of Auschwitz and the death camp at Auschwitz. There was a million killed there. So according to Frankel, the difference between life and death is directly associated with hope. It's directly associated with this thing called hope. And my subject this morning is the power of hope. The power of hope. Someone once said you can live for so long without food. You can live for a lot less time without water. But none of us were ever created to live without hope. 
It's so powerful. If you could name the things that the adversary, the devil, wants to destroy in our lives, way at the top of that list would be hope. This is because, and we took the theme this year is the gospel of salvation. And we talked last week about the power of salvation. This is because hope is, hope is a hallmark of salvation. When a person opens their heart, there's already a hope of God installed in every person when they're, when they're born. Because there's a knowledge of God. Eternity is in their hearts, Solomon said. But when a person opens the door of their heart to Jesus Christ... Uh, hope is installed into their system. It's hardwired into their system. An eternal hope through the person of Jesus Christ. It's the deepest form of hope. There are forms of hope. But the deepest one is hope in God for eternity. In fact, the Bible in Hebrews 6.19 describes hope as being like an anchor for our souls. And if any of you are boating people, don't go out on your boat without an anchor. Because you'll find yourself drifting. And the, the subtlety of life, the subtlety of our fallen nature is that we drift and drift without even knowing it. Then one day we look and we, and, and we see, I used to be there. That's where I used to be. That's where hope abounded. Somehow I've drifted away. And the Bible says that hope is like an anchor for our soul. It creates stability. So that we don't sink and perish. And I want to say there are very strange currents and things happening in our world right now. Things that we're facing, I'm not just talking about COVID-19. Other things that we're facing that we've never faced before. And if we, way back, I know I'm showing my age here, but way back in the 60s, 70s and 80s, could see what was happening today globally with many of the things that are coming, evil being called good and good being called evil. If we could see that, we'd say, wow, will that really happen in our lifetime? And they're happening right now. It's quite amazing. Hope is so powerful that it's listed as a high-ranking word from Paul to the Corinthians in chapter 13. And now by these three, faith, hope, and love. It's a way up there, people. It inhabits the core of who we are. It influences everything we do, either consciously or instinctively. Hope moves in and dwells in the deepest parts of our lives. We are molded and driven by this thing in ways that we don't even recognize. What we hope for tomorrow will shape our lives today. I'll say that again. What we hope for tomorrow will shape our lives today. If we, if we lose hope and we lose our faith, or we, at least our faith is affected because faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's linked. It's, inter it's inseparable. They are components. A great message one day to look at the difference between faith and hope, but they're together. They're like twins. I want you to turn to the book of Lamentations. I'm going to take you down a slightly dark valley just now, but we will come out of it today. I assure you, <laughs> lamentations for a start. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I, I want to look at one of the most important principles, as I said before. I want to start by painting you a picture of one of the Old Testament's great tragedies. It's around about 587 BC, and it's in a city street. And in the middle of this city street, there is a broken-hearted old man clothed in rags, 
sitting with his head in his hands, with tears running down his weather-beaten cheeks. He looks up and he sees bodies in the street and, and he hears the distant wail of a distraught mother crying for her babies that were no more. Around him, when he looks up, he could see smoke on the horizon. He could see destruction everywhere around him, fire. The city has been set ablaze by the great and mighty armies of King Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon. Um, they'd laid siege to the city. The people had been starved. It's an awful picture. Uh, and uh, they had pursued their fleeing armies and, and run them down, etc., etc. They had taken captive most of the people and totally stripped the house of God. So within the city was the, was the temple, if you like, uh, the house of God, stripped it of all its treasures. The Bible says that the bronze of all the articles that they took was without measure. That's incredible. <laughs> the great pillars in the bronze sea. Anyone guess whose name this person was? Anyone? Yell out one. I won't. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. In fact, I have a photo of him up there. No, it's not actually a photo. It's a <laughs> 587 BC. Gee, cameras are really old, aren't they? <laughs> and of course, he's weeping over Jerusalem, the great city of God. And he was stunned and paralyzed and aging before his time. There seemed to be no end of his tears. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, O daughter of Zion, fallen, gone. And the question that I think was on Jeremiah's, was, was deeply within Jeremiah's system was, where was God? And we could ask this today, and I want to bring, start to bring a bit of a challenge today. Because we could, in the darkest valley that we're in, often if we're honest, we could say, where are you, God? Why is this happening to me? What's going on? For 40 years, he'd been warned, sorry, Jeremiah had warned Judah of this day, but to his horror, the day was actually there. Very broken and bitter man. He seemed to come to the end of his reason for existence. His whole purpose, his calling, his ministry, whatever you want to call it, had gone up in smoke before his eyes. And he had been the voice of God to a nation. Up until that time, he'd entertained the faint possibility, the hope that someone would listen to his words. But they didn't, and destruction happened. So the question, where was God? The future wasn't for Jeremiah just bleak. It was destroyed. All his dreams had been utterly and totally ruined. And so we see in chapter 3, in this tear-stained portrait of the funeral of a city, uh, you could almost see, I don't know, sometimes people shake their fist at God. God, why did you let that happen? Why did, I'm being real here. Can I be real in this place? Sometimes we're like that. You know, we can come and sing and smile at church, which is wonderful. We can praise and worship. But inside, it could be, God, why is this going on in my life? And sometimes we don't even reveal that. And like we heard, if we're men, we keep it, we keep the mess inside if we can, because it's not, not cool to be, to show that as though it's a weakness. 
And in Lamentations chapter 3, we're just going to read a few verses. Uh, I'm coming to, uh, he's driven me away and made me walk in, this is not on the screen, walk in darkness rather than light. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and broken my bones. My goodness. He's very descriptive, Jeremiah. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. And then verse 15 to 18, he has filled me with bitter herbs and sated me with gall. He has broken my teeth with gravel. My goodness. Am I really preaching this on, you know, he has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. My, I say my splendor is gone and all that I hoped from the Lord. I want you, to, if you've got a physical Bible there or you've got a way in your phone to underline that, I want you to underline the word from. This is key to the challenge I'm bringing this morning. And so in short, Jeremiah had lost hope. Deep disappointment comes when we don't seem to reach our dreams. They're everyday light examples, aren't they? We hope the weather will be okay for, an, for an event. I was watching the Warriors the other night. I was hoping, I'm a bit of a league fan, I was hoping an extra time that they would drop a goal and actually get it right. But the Dragons did that. Anyway, I won't go on to that. No. <laughs> My hopes were dashed. So every day, actually, we can have hopes dashed. And tiny things, little things. I was out, I like to catch fish, and there might be some photos up there, but uh, if, if there are some photos, there we go. Um, it's a kingfish. I'm only showing them not to show off. <laughs> Just to give you a report of what it's like in Papamoa, that's all. <laughs> but I, was, I catch them on a contiki, you know, those, those uh, battery-driven things that go out for two kilometres. And I had, I had an old one without GPS, and I was out at four o'clock in the morning, which is good to go out in the change of light. And, uh, and I started up the, the contiki, and it caught fire in the, in the, on the beach. And here I, had, here I had all my 25 hooks and traces all baited up, ready to go. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. <laughs> my heart was sick. Because I couldn't use the bait. Anyway, I'm just giving you a very light example. <laughs> so, um, hope deferred. We usually, actually, get, I better get serious again. Um, we usually say, as long as there is life, there is hope. But actually, it's the other way around. As long as there is hope, there is life. And if we continually fail to gain that which we hope for, it mucks us up on the inside so that we give up and despair of life itself. We had a great time with the youth leaders on Thursday night, and uh, we talked about this, this issue of hope. In my view, youth leaders are our heroes because they're in a world that, that there is incredible dysfunction from families. There's great confusion with regard to whatever area you can think about in the moral world as well. There's drugs out there, etc., etc. But the answer for young people who are lost and maybe even get to the point where they want to end it all, is not throwing stuff at them or counselling. Counselling's good. I'm not writing that at all. Or, or giving them education. The answer is to fill the void in their heart with the hope of God. That's where the answer is. That's, where the, that's why I say our youth leaders, youth leaders here are heroes and, and around the place who bring people to Jesus Christ. I... Um, 
heard some years ago an incredible story from a woman preacher, Violet Kitely. She said she was visiting a zoo in South America with a guide, a guided tour around the zoo. And she came across this cage. And this cage was bounded with wire on four sides, but the top was totally unenclosed. It was open to the air. And in the middle of this cage, on a perch, was an incredible condor. I think they call it that. They're, they're these South American eagles with an amazing windspan. I think they can get up to 12 feet or something like that, 13 feet. And as she watched, she said, uh, it's on that perch. It's not held there. This wings aren't clipped. Why doesn't it just fly away? Why, why doesn't it? And, and so the guy said, well, the story is this. They caught it from the wild and put it on this perch, and they put a chain around its talon to the ground or to the, to the, the bottom of the perch. And every day, many times, this great eagle would fly, fly, fly to the end of the chain and then come crashing down to the ground. Days went by when this happened. Weeks went by. After a while, this great eagle that was supposed to fly on, soar on the wings, uh, sorry, on the winds of, of, the, of, of the heights, gave up. They took the chain away. They didn't need it anymore. And I want to say today that can happen to us. We can get hurt and we can get buffeted by life and we can lose hope. So we don't fly anymore. We dig around on the ground. Today we serve a God. And if you're online watching, I want to say this to all of us who breaks the chains. We serve a God who breaks the fetters. We serve a God who brings freedom. And if you are free, see the son who set you free, is uh, you are free what? Indeed. You are free indeed. It's time, Thrive Church, to fly again. Where you're supposed to be. That's what freedom's all about. That's what Jesus, that's what salvation is all about. That's what hope in the eternal God is all about. Jeremiah regained hope. And, and, and here I'm going to take you out of this valley of Auschwitz and, and uh, a burning city of Jerusalem. Because Jeremiah, something changed. And the same change that happened to Jeremiah can happen to you today. I, my prayer, I'm glad, uh, Fresh, what was the name of the song? Fresh wind. But my prayer is that the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit will come and do surgery on your hearts today. Will come and do something. You see, he regained hope because something changed that gave him new hope, that brought him out of the ashes. A switch, if you like, a remarkable turnaround. And in fact, the switch is not something that God turns on and off, it's something that you and I turn on and off. Let's see where he goes. In Jeremiah and Lamentations 3.21, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions, what? Never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This is where the great hymn writer, we sung it this morning actually, didn't we? His mercies are new, I wrote it down, are new every morning. We sung that. It's from here. 
It's from the regaining of hope from, from Jeremiah. That's where, and that's where that great hymn came from. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm old King James. It's all, I'm hardwired with that. <laughs> I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. And if you've still got your Bible in front of you, I want you to underline the word in. It was from, before, and in. I want to explain that shortly. Uh, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So how did he turn it around? What happened? His circumstances didn't change. Like some of those, I don't know, Matrix movie or whatever, whatever sort of movie that's digital when, when the city's in disrepair and suddenly it all comes back and all the treasures of the temple all came back. That didn't happen. His circumstances didn't change. But something inside him changed. And it's the same change that you and I can have. People, it can be where our hopes are placed at times. He changed. There is a great difference. Here it is. This is the main point I want to bring today. In hoping for something from the Lord and in hoping in Him. They are poles apart. See, you could say that things from the Lord are, are the life that I have, the health that I have, the finances that I have, the job that I have, the children that I have, the parents. But, uh, you, could, you could make a list of all the good things that God has provided for you. But if your hopes are in them, if your hopes are in them, they can fail. And if your hope's in those things and they fail, guess what? Your faith is jeopardized. But over here, I hope the camera's following me here. Over here is hope in God. Not my will, but yours be done. And if I want to go to the extremes of this, and excuse me talking about this, but if I want to go to the extremes of this, the difference between witchcraft and, and Christianity is, is not my will, but yours be done. Over here, uh, worshipping the creator rather than the creation. That's what I'm talking about. Over here, it's getting the gods or whatever. It's idol worship. It's getting the gods to do my will. Are you with me? So that's where the difference... There's many examples in the Bible of this. Think of Abraham who had provision from God of a seed. Isaac, his son. And it's great. He's, he's, got this, he's got this child and he's been given prophecies <laughs> about what would happen way, way down into eternity with, the, with his offspring. He's, he, he, and so, uh, but God says, no, no, no. What I want you to do is go up to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. Uh, is that you, Lord? Is that the devil? What? And so he takes him up. You know the story. You don't need to go through it in detail today. But he takes him up to the Mount and, and, and by the way, he says, then we'll return. He knew, he knew the faithfulness of, a God, of his God. Takes him up to the mountain, and just about as he's due to sacrifice him, what, ha what happens? Stop! There's a lamb over there to take away. That, and it's a type of Jesus Christ. But you know what God said to Abraham? This is the key about what I'm talking about today. Now I know that you fear God. So even with those things that have been provided to us, good health is another one. It, it dogs people when, when they're in poor health. 
They want healing. And, and we pray for people for healing. We pray for a miracle. Don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not mutually exclusive, except your hopes are not there. Your hopes are in God himself. Amen? Joseph, we talked about him last week in the three coats. Remember that? The coat of salvation, the coat of the Christian character. His life could be, uh, uh, could be detailed in coats. The third one was the coat that, the coat that Pharaoh put on him which is the coat of the overcomer. And uh, Joseph, you know what the key to Joseph's life was? He hoped in God rather than anything else because he lost everything. He lost his family. He, he had bullying brothers who wanted him dead. He was wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife, wanted to sleep with him, and he ran. It's a great thing to do, by the way, if you're in that situation of temptation. Run! Get out of it. <laughs> you know why I say that he, his hope was in God rather than what God provides? It's because he said, how can I do this great sin against God? He always had that in the frame. Always had that in the frame. And then he was left to rot in prison and forgotten about. We heard the story last week. His hope remained in God. Are you with me? We can't trust in our dreams. I mean, I could be just as justifiably up here preaching, Mitch, on, on your dreams. It's great. Have it, you know, what, what dreams, what are you dreaming for? It's a great thing. But we don't trust in the dreams. We trust in God. I hope I, hope I haven't, hope, there's that word again. Um, uh, I hope you're getting it because I am repeating myself quite a bit, but I feel I need to because I believe God, I believe that some people here today that have some burning Jerusalems in their lives. There's big stuff going down. A lot of people may not know that. But he wants to change your heart today. He wants to bring an al a realignment, if you like, like you do for brakes and wheels and whatever. He wants so, so that you run again, so that you fly again, so that you're on the wings, that, that you're on the, sorry, you're soaring on the wind way up in the mountaintops rather than down on earth. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Amazing, you know, I've heard many people when they first give their lives to the Lord that they are prompted to give something up for a season. It's, uh, I've seen it in the past. That, uh, it's something that they come into the kingdom with, with a great skill. It could be a musical skill. It could be something else. But they hear the Holy Spirit. It's almost like the Abraham and Isaac thing. They hear the Holy Spirit say to them, I want you to put that down for a while. It's not because the thing's evil. There's nothing wrong with that skill or whatever. It's because God wants to know that your heart and your hopes are in him. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, he would say. Well, at least I'm still alive. <laughs> what are your hopes, Thrive Church? Are they in something from God or they are in God? Shortly, I'm going to pray for people that I believe there's a burning Jerusalem in your life. It could be something tragic. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be mental illness. It could be, uh, uh, as I've said before, a health issue. It could be a business issue. It could be a finance issue. But there's something that's gone wrong and it's affected your faith in God. Today is a day to renew your hope.
It's okay to have hope for something, but it must never be a replacement for your own personal trust in him. The second point, and I'm just about, I wonder if the band could come up now. Last week I was aware that I was showing my age by quoting hymns, but I can't help it sometimes. <laughs> because the, the prose, the wordsmithing of, of, of 100, 200 years ago is incredible. <laughs> my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, hope in God, I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. Even the good things. We're not talking about evil here. We're talking about the things from God's hand. Isaac wasn't evil. He was the son of promise. So we're not talking about bad things. We're talking about things that can get in, get, come between us and God. Hope in the Lord, and we'll just finish with this particular point, is a decision we make. And I've said it's like a switch. It's like a light switch. It's either on or off. Hoping in God is turning the switch of our souls to on. I will hope in Him. I choose to do it. It's a choice. Like a choice to salvation, to, to put your hand up or whatever you, you do to come to Jesus in the first place. Hoping in God is a choice because we drift. We drift away, away, away without the anchor of hope. But we need to choose to come back to Him. I will hope in Him. Yet I call this to mind. Sorry, yet this I call to mind. I decide. I say to myself, or my soul says. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.